Good morning. Haruki Murakami is a prolific Japanese author of the past 30 years. In one of his novels, Kafka on the Shore, he writes, And once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure, in fact, whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what this storm is all about. Storms change places. They expose flaws and weaknesses in the built environment. They leave their mark and shape the future. Storms also change people. Exposing flaws in our characters and weaknesses or even strengths in our emotional health. They too inevitably leave an impression which shapes us and who we will be. This storm has changed and is changing and will change our world for a long time to come. It's more than now just a global health pandemic. There's mounting huge economic uncertainty, racial tensions around every corner. There's all these huge unresolved levels of anxiety and other mental and emotional health issues, which were already the biggest threat to our health services. And then, as storms do, they press the accelerator on the pace of change. It's no wonder that so many today are using words such as exhausted, anxious, confused, inadequate and overwhelmed to describe how they're feeling. They're seeking in the words of the prophet Jeremiah, rest for their souls. Then, at the micro level, this storm has changed and continues to change us and our small worlds. I wonder, how has this storm changed you? When it's all finished, will we be wondering nervously in the words of Haruki Murakami, is it really over? But for now, there's a long way to go. We too seek rest for our souls. The burden many of us are feeling has been expressed by describing living with this storm as if we're riding a roller coaster of emotions. It's been given a name the corona coaster and a definition an emotional roller coaster of endless highs and crashing lows where just when we feel it might be about to stop there's a dark tunnel ahead that no one's sure if it's really if there's really some light at the end or whether there's another twist and turn so how can jesus help us ride the corona coaster how does Jesus help us to manage our mental and emotional health so that we're not a people who, when it's all over, in the words of Haruki Murakami, don't remember how we made it through, how we managed to survive? For this, one thing I know above everything else, God does not want each of us to only just manage through or just survive this storm. God wants us to thrive through this storm. How can Jesus and his words and the living Jesus bring power and transformation to our lives so that others around look at you and they look at me and they see Jesus and they see something that's missing in their own lives that they come and they say, I want Jesus. I need him. Over the coming weeks, I want to explore some of the invitations that Jesus gives in his Gospels of his life that were so powerful and so transformative to those first hearers and have been through the ages.
then I want to root each of these invitations of Jesus in a practice or in the words of the prophet Jeremiah, an ancient path to provide rest for our souls as we ride the Corona Coaster. Here's today's invitation from Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know how you imagine Jesus speaking these words. I imagine him giving, firstly, an invitation of intimacy. Notice the conversation style Jesus uses, even in a group setting, as if he's speaking as if you or I were the only person there. He uses the words I or me seven times, you or your three times. Then notice the language Jesus uses. It's the language of care and concern over what we might be carrying. There's the repeated promise of rest for our souls, as well as mention of his gentleness and his humility. Finally, notice the desire expressed in the three verbs Jesus uses. Come to me. Take my yoke. Learn from me. You get the very real sense that Jesus' desire for you and for me is simply he just wants to spend time with us, hanging out with us, being and walking with us. This is an invitation of intimacy, but it's also an invitation of intention. This isn't a walk on a road to nowhere with no purpose. It's an invitation to walk step by step with the living Jesus down an ancient path of transformative living being shaped by him. Here's how. What did a yoke represent in Jesus's day? Well, when a pupil wanted to learn from or follow a Jewish teacher or what we call a rabbi, the rabbi's teaching or his philosophy was known as his yoke. The pupil would be invited by the rabbi to walk with him to see if he indeed could be like him and deemed a worthy follower. Such a walk could be a heavy burden and load to carry with rigorous questioning and answering and only the best were deemed worthy. We may not be Jewish, but it can be very easy to get weighed down by the pressures of living by someone else's yoke. When we allow them to be our teacher and our guide and we strap on their yoke and we feel compelled to live to those standards, the pressure to conform, the expectations of others, a compromising lifestyle. Yet Jesus's invitation to each of us to carry and wear his yoke is based upon the attention that far from adding to our oppression, it will ease the burden. And paradoxically, it will bring not further toil, but rest for the deepest parts of our being. This is an invitation from Jesus of intimacy, of intention and also of identity. Jesus's yoke was one word. If I was to ask you what you think that one word would be, if you said the word love, you would be correct. We often rightly think about this in terms of Jesus' words, to love God, 
to love our neighbour and to love the world. But perhaps in this instance it's best expressed in his words to his disciples in John's Gospel when Jesus says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples. In other words, everyone will know you're wearing my yoke if you have love one for another. Jesus' yoke is a call to put on love, but only after we have received the revelation and experience of knowing we are loved by God. It's this revelation which makes Jesus' yoke easy and light. A revelation of not so much God so loved the world that Jesus died for the world which he did, but that God so loved you, that Jesus died for you. It's an understanding of our identity in terms of whose we are. We are loved by God. Just as God said to Jesus at his baptism, this is my son whom I love before he'd even began his mission. So at the heart of wearing Jesus's yoke is the security of knowing that we are loved by God. Full stop. It meets our most basic human need for everyone wants to be loved. A yoke of love which is easy and light. A yoke of acceptance from which we find rest for our souls rather than a pressurised yoke of love to perform or be someone you're not. And it's from his acceptance we are transformed by his love to reciprocate his love to him and others. Jesus' words are an invitation to be intimate with him, to be intentional with him and to grasp the heart of our identity in him. You know, if God's love is, is this good, why do we bother searching after an alternative yoke? We could ask Adam and Eve this question, but we'd already know the answer. If we want to ride the corona coaster, being like Christ, this is where we start each and every day. If we want to thrive through this storm, which is God's desire for each of us, it will only happen if we follow the words that Timothy was given by his mentor Paul to train himself in godliness through an exercise regime that feeds his soul. How do we do this? Well, it's significant that Paul said to Timothy, train yourself. The only person you can train is you. The only person I can train is me. If I want to ride the corona coaster being like Christ, we have to do the exercise ourselves. But it's not about trying harder. You know, I said two weeks ago, and I compared the tri a triathlon to this storm. But, you know, you wouldn't just line up on the starting line of a triathlon. Or you wouldn't just say, I'm going to try harder to participate in the triathlon. It's, it's laughable. It's never happening. You'd only participate by training wisely. And this is how we train ourselves to be able to ride the corona coaster it's about training wisely what that means it's about arranging our lives around practices that will enable us to do what we cannot do now by direct effort and here's where i can help each week i want to leave you with a practice to train on to engage on each day of the week to receive power to ride the corona coaster being like christ 
This week's invitation is, is an invitation. This week's practice is an invitation to wear Jesus' yoke by feeding our souls, walking with him intentionally. It's to focus our efforts using a verse that allows both intimacy to grow with him whilst also building up our identity in him. It's a verse actually from perhaps the most intimate book in the Bible, the book of Song of Songs, chapter 8 and verse 5, where we read these words. Just imagine the picture as I, that comes into your head as I read these words. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? Who is this? coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved. Just imagine that picture. I don't know how you see it, but I see it as a picture of intimacy, intentionality and identity, of daily being transformed, walking with Jesus as we lean on him for support and the fullness of his love as we ride the corona coaster. What an invitation. I leave you with three simple ways we could do this. We could set a timer on our phones for each hour of every waking day this week. I just spend a, a few moments just, just reading that verse. We'd soon learn it by heart. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? Or if that's too regular, maybe every time you make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or you have a glass of water or you eat a meal. Just spend a few moments focusing on this verse. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? Or if that's too structured for you, maybe take a walk and every 30 minutes just start a conversation with the living Jesus with, with those words. You could almost imagine yourself leaning upon him as you walk around and receive his love. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? Shall we pray together? Once again, you might want to just open your arms to receive all that the Holy Spirit wants to give you this morning. Loving God, who invites all, teach us to come to you unreservedly, to take your yoke of love and to learn to walk leaning on you through this storm so others may see your transforming power at work in us. In the name of Jesus Christ, who is gentle and humble in heart.